Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2019, our first show of the new year. Man, we are excited. This is John Massengill. Across from me is Les Kaiser. Yeah. Is Mr. Jonathan Green is on an airplane to... I was going to say he's airborne, isn't he? He's, he Don't is, worry, he's going to land okay. Yeah, he's he, he just left, actually. He's uh, on his way to New Zealand for the Toyota Racing Series. He's going to have like... <laughs> Let's hope mayhem doesn't break out, but he will be on the plane for about 20 hours, so no promises, folks. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he's going to be down there doing the Toyota Racing Series. He's doing the television commentary for them, and we, Jonathan and I sat down and recorded a segment. We're going to play that here later in the show. So we're going to learn all all about the Toyota Racing Series. I know we've talked about it over the years, but it's always worth a refresh. It's really, and it's getting more amazing as that thing goes on. So really excited to have that. But we also also have a guest tonight. We have a young driver, Chandler Horton, who's been driving in the uh, F4 United States Championship. And we've got him on here in a few minutes. Really excited to talk to another young driver and of course, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about all the series, but we also uh, Jonathan and I sat down and talked about Michael Schumacher's fiftieth birthday and just reflected a little bit on his career because Jonathan was pretty close to Michael over the years because he got to interview him many many times in the, in the peak of his career at Ferrari and such. So we'll talk about that as well. But we want to talk about twenty nineteen because we're at the beginning of the season here. We got the roar happening this weekend down there qualifying for the Rolex twenty four at Daytona. And we're going to talk about there's some the, good stories down there. Oh yeah, before always. the before the track even went hot, there's some good stories. Yeah, and we're going to jump into that probably pr- first thing. But also, I just want to touch base on we're going to talk Formula One because there's get excited about the changes that are happening there. IndyCar, uh, the 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 calendar here at Coda, of course, and we're going to talk a little MotoGP, a little of everything for coming up for 2019. So it's kind of our getting ready for 2019 show here but let's let's start with the roar because that's what's happening this weekend hey you bet you bet so the roar before the 24 uh, it's kind of the event where everybody comes out shakes off the winter blues and get things going uh besides the teams one of the things that uh i gotta say very heartfelt uh, we've had a rough year with some of our race injuries but uh, alex zanardi coming in for the Rolex 24. So I'm really pleased to see that. He's going to be joining in on this. And I saw some of the uh, video of him doing the emergency egress and the driver swaps and things like that. You know, just like we've seen with so many of these, they've got to kind of start from scratch with such a serious uh, encumbered entrance and exit of the vehicle. So big deal, big deal with that. He's a doing well with well, it you know obviously if if you don't know alex is in a wheelchair and that's what makes it so challenging after his you know with his crash in his career absolutely so uh he's done very well we're looking uh to see how well 
things go once on. He has actually, uh, you know, he competed, got gold and silver at the London Paralympic Games a few years ago. Uh, he's really come a long ways. So, uh, so we're excited to see how this plays out. He's in the BMW M8 car in the GT Le Mans class. So with uh, Jesse Crone, John Edwards, Chaz Mostarat. So uh, it's going to be a good one. Going to be fun to see him competing again. Yeah, double amputee in a wheelchair in racing and with his career, it's awesome to see that. But but yeah, there's lots of stories down at the Roar getting ready for the Rolex 24 at Daytona. That's always fun to kick off. What other stories, Les, jumped out at you? Hey, you know, uh, just for one, uh, we've got one of the Speed City family down there, More Speed, is uh, yeah, Austin guys. getting out there. They're taking their AMG to town again. Really, uh, really excited to see Will Hardman return to the racing seat. Uh, he had a season off, but he's back doing very well. Team felt really good about their car this week, so uh, I'm anxious to see how it plays out. Also, uh, another Speed City family, Mosing Motorcars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. they're out there with AMG, Eric Austin. Foss, and Jeff Mosing, uh, both feeling good about it. Car looks great. Be sure and check it out. It's a metallic orange car this year. <laughs> Taking a little diversion on it, but everybody's feeling good. Uh, certainly, they've got a couple of weeks to go through adjustments before they do. Uh, Michael Shank Racing uh, partnership, Myers Shank, is uh, doing awesome. They're feeling really good about their Acura NSX. Uh, things looked good, did really well. They appreciated the speed; it was excellent as well. The uh, a lot of folks are just feeling good. I don't expect them to really say much different, but uh, in that car, Mario Fembacher, Trent Hindman. Justin Marks and AJ Amendinger. We're going to see if we can get AJ back on the phone and uh, get caught up, and get something a little more forthcoming on this. We got a couple of weeks, so we'll try to get those guys uh, to join us between now and the twenty-four hours. I saw that Jan Magnussen and in the Corvette boys uh, took the uh, had the best time in the GTLM class. It looks like in that C seven R, so that was cool. Also at the Roar, but. Uh, yeah, we got day- Rolex Daytona. What is it? Uh, January twenty fourth, I think. That's the twenty four right. hours. So that's coming up. Uh, but let's let's talk a little bit about Formula One twenty nineteen. I know we touched on a little bit of this earlier in the last year, late in the year last year. But it's exciting to talk about Formula One for twenty nineteen because there's going to be some changes. The cars are going to look a little different. We're going to have some aerodynamic changes. I, I seriously am hung up on Daniel Ricciardo going to Renault. Oh, well, yeah. And then there's all of <laughs> that that happened. <laughs> well, there's that and all the other driver changes. Sure, so, sure. So Formula One in 2019 is going to be awesome. But uh, uh, yeah, I, it, you know, to cross pollinate into IndyCar with uh, Alonzo coming to IndyCar and McLaren and Zach Brown, they, they've got a lot of, a lot of cross pollination going on there i think that's going to be excellent uh for f1 and and india car quite honestly i don't know that it particularly uh benefits one racing group over the other yeah i want to i brought up an article here talking about some of the changes in formula one where they've got the simplified front wing you remember right that in 2018 the wing was an incredibly complex looked like crazy- a tiramisu cake with all the layers <laughs> on it. <laughs> yeah about 40 layers worth yeah. it, it was a crazy thing and uh, obviously, this next one's going to be a lot more simplified, and they're going to have a simplified brake duct and a wider and deeper rear wing. But, you know, a lot of this is Big all, tires. Yeah, and big, big, big tires, tires, yeah. And, and, and all, a lot of this is to make passing easier. I mean, and that's what, that's the complaint, of course, in F1. But uh, that, that's going to be my one of the, my favorite things just about when F1 kicks off. 
because I mean, we're going to see new cars and and the way the the racing changes. I mean, Total Wolf was the sky is falling that you know the entire field is going to turn upside down and yeah, and uh, Mercedes is going to be bit the back and I I don't believe it for a second, of course, but it's going to be fun to watch that. And and why see is how it that... we don't hear from Adrian Newey? <laughs> Yeah, he's sharpening his pencils. I don't know. But yeah. I, I want to hear what Adrian Newey has to say about these kind of changes because that's really the guy that pulls the place together. Well, yeah. If anybody knows about aerodynamic changes, it's Adrian Newey. So, yeah, so that's going to be fun. And like you said, the drivers, uh, I missed something. You, you're smiling at me. but No, no. I just pulls. think Daniel Ricciardo to Renault is, is, to me, really interesting. Uh, is he going to be what they need to really bump up the performance Renault that next step and, and be a dominant best of the rest? Are we splitting hairs now? We're saying dominant best of the rest. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I feel or like is, Or as uh, Gene Haas calls it, Formula 1.5. Remember yeah, that? He said that at the, at the press conference here in Austin. Exactly, exactly. I think that's uh, that's a good one to, to watch for sure. But yeah, obviously all that's going to be fun to watch, but... All the drivers and aerodynamics and all the rule changes. I say all. There's not a huge number. But the other thing, of course, is the calendar here at COTA, here in Austin. The the big, ginormous change that we've got. we got IndyCar coming. Boom, baby. Yeah. So Yeah. And going to have some practice days, testing days coming up. So that's going to be fun. Yeah, we got practice. I'm excited just to see them. Yeah, we got practice uh, in here at COTA, February 12th and 13th. I'm assuming that this is going to be a free test. I remember we, we touched on this in a few weeks ago, but I'm pretty sure that's going to be a free test, open to the public. Um, yeah, on the Coda's website right now, it just says more information on the test will come later. So Yeah, stay, stay connected here. We'll, yeah. get, we'll keep you up on it. And, of course, the race, IndyCar race here in Austin, March 22nd, 24th, that weekend. Man, that's going to be awesome. In fact, let's look at the calendar for Coda because – the first event we've got at Coda is the Pirelli World Challenge, and then, then of course, uh, is IndyCar. And so, the, by the way, Pirelli World Challenge is March second and third. Then IndyCar March twenty fourth, and then MotoGP April twelfth to fourteenth. Right after that, right. And then of course Formula One, and that doesn't include all of the other, the you know, the oh, other. There's so many busy things going on that uh, you know are, are are really cool. We've got the uh, Gloat Super Lap. Challenge coming too. We'll we'll oh, yeah. talk That's more right. about that right. as it comes. So yeah, those Very guys cool are sponsoring the show, and we got that coming up as well. But all right, we're going to go ahead and take our first break, and when we come back, we're going to have our first guest on the phone, Chandler Horton, a young driver in the F4 series, is going to join us. You listen to Speed City. We're live in Austin. Back after these messages. Thirteen seventy. Hey, this is Red Rocker, Sammy Hagar. You are listening to Speed City. Woo! Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Sammy Hagar was as fun in person as it sounds like. He was so much fun. Oh, yeah. For, <laughs> for sure. You know, we might have to explain to young Mr. Horton who that was, though. <laughs> yeah, he's not the age demographic. Hey, if you, by the way, if you ever want to call and join the conversation, call 512-643-LIVE, 512-643-5483. 
And we are excited. We have our first guest of the 2019 year. We have a young gentleman and very excited to have him, Chandler Horton. Welcome to Speed City, Chandler. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. All uh, right. For, first out of the box, do you know who Sammy Hagar is? <laughs> uh, I, I've heard the name, but outside of that, I, I couldn't okay. tell you too much, unfortunately. Your homework for next time. All right. <laughs> we'll get back to that later. But let's talk about this year, buddy. Yeah, Chandler, why don't you, uh, let's do a little introduction and and, uh, and talk about your career up to this point and your career in racing, and then and then we'll talk a little bit more about your background, because I know you got a long history in racing. Okay, yep. Yeah, so I started racing uh, myself when I was five with uh, flat track. So I raced flat track for a couple of years and then switched to motocross. Uh, stopped racing motocross around the time I was 12. Uh, my dad emailed me a picture of a go-kart on Craigslist and said, what do you think? And I said, absolutely. Uh, so then around the age of 13, uh, I got my first go-kart. Uh, we went racing locally, Newcastle, the Indy Karting Series, uh, and then sort of kept m- working my way up from Yamaha Junior into TAG, uh, sort of from the local scene up to the national scene, WKA, USDKS, uh, series like that. So I did that for a couple years uh, and then sort of had a an awkward transition year when I was around uh, 18 years old or so where I didn't really do much racing and we were sort of getting into Formula Fords, but uh, some things didn't quite fall into place. And then we got one. So I went uh, Formula Ford racing a little bit uh, and then got connected with RJB Motorsports and went uh, USF 2000 racing uh, and then did some F4 as well. Uh, And then that brought us into this year, or I guess last year, now 2018, running some F4 as well. Very cool, very cool. Well, I will say your dad regained some points by sending you a, a picture of a cart instead of showing you what Sammy Hagar does. Alrighty, so you were at uh, Nola Motorsports Park. Tell us about some of the testing that went on there. Well, I actually, unfortunately, I, I didn't get to go down to Nola with the team. Uh, Dylan and uh, Will went down, but I had some other commitments, so uh, I have not yet been to NOLA, but I'm looking forward to hopefully getting down there uh, before the season starts to do some testing. All righty. Well, good deal. So they've, they've got it set. Tell us about your car and uh, what's going on with it this season. Okay, yeah. So I, in the F4, we have the Ligier chassis uh, with a Honda uh, motor in it, the K20. Um, and, yeah, we, we've got uh, Gas Monkey Energy on board this year. So right now, the my car has actually been a part. We sort of been getting it ready uh, in the off season, you know, taking everything apart, checking all the, the bits and bolts, making sure everything is uh, nice and checked for next year. And then hopefully uh, in the coming months, you know, maybe at the end of this month or into February, we'll head south somewhere. Or maybe the Midwest will warm up enough. We can go testing before the season starts. We're kind of warm here in central Texas. Come on, <laughs> yeah, you come on down. And you've raced out here at Coda before at least once, right? Yeah, yeah I, I raced. Uh, in 2017 and 2018 in F4 at Coda. Yeah, how was that experience? Because when you raced here at Coda, that meant you were racing at a Formula One weekend with giant crowds, superstar drivers all around you. How was that, man? That had to be amazing. Yeah, it's it's always super cool because the we do the track walk and, uh, in 2017. The track walk was the same time as some of the Formula One guys. Uh, so I remember walking up the hill into Turn One and. Uh, Haas and Roman Grosjean, you know, their, their team's up next to us. And, you know, that, that's pretty cool. And there's always a couple team guys out there on their bikes training. And uh, you come down the front straight and you can walk into garages. The teams have their cars out for 
scrutineering and stuff like that. And so that that's awesome. And then they've always got the concert Saturday night. So, you know, this year it was Bruno Mars. And, you know, on Sunday when we were racing, it's 10 a.m. or so. So you looked up, you know, and there's 100,000 people out there in the stands already. And it's, it's definitely really cool. All right. Well, let's talk about your F4 experience so far. You had a couple of years now in F4. And I want to talk about what successes you've had and what your expectations are, of course, for 2019. And then what your long-term goals are. Okay. Yeah, so I in 2017, I did a, an F4 race at Mid-Ohio. Uh, and then I did one at Coda as well. And at Mid-Ohio, right away, we were we were pretty quick. I was up in the top 10 and then uh, in, in practice and qualifying. And then in the races, we, we had some trouble. I had an off when in one of the wet races and you know with f4 where you're qualifying for the next race for race two and three is based off your fastest lap from the previous race if you don't get a good lap for maybe you have an off or something like that it, it kind of put me back and we didn't quite have a good weekend and then unfortunately when we went to coda that year we had to uh change the motor uh halfway through the weekend because it just i, I don't know exactly what was wrong Some, something uh was wrong with it and so we kind of got you know taken out of a couple sessions where we just were at the back because we didn't have any pace and then the final race we went out in, in the intermediate conditions and gambled with with the tire choice so that we, we ended up having a, a pretty quick lap but really nothing on, on paper that looked too well and then uh this year i think we, we started out the year running uh, mid mid pack or so like that and then by the time we got to pittsburgh we we were up in the top 10 uh so that was good to see and then that uh New Jersey, we should have been up in the top 10 again, but we had a little bit of a skirmish on uh, one of the last restarts, and that, that put us back to 12 or something like that. And then Circuit of the Americas was, was good for us at the beginning of the weekend. In the, the first practice, uh, I was third, second or third for almost the first 25 minutes or so of the 30-minute session. And then right there at the end, uh, we, were, we were putting some flyers as the track was drawing, and I, I kind of got cut up, so we ended seventh uh, right around there. And then, unfortunately, the, the races, we we were caught up in some other stuff like that, but it, it was really nice to sort of have the progress uh, throughout the whole year. And I think looking to next year, uh, we should definitely be up in the top 10, top five all the time. We, we, we've brought on uh, an engineer this year. Last year it was uh, mostly just my dad and I and, and the mechanic, Greg, we would sort of put our heads together and, and figure out what we wanted for the setup. But, you know, in this, this new year we have, Four, four drivers at Alliance Racing. We've got an engineer. So, I mean, as you know, when you start having all those extra data points, you can start learning things a lot quicker. So I definitely will plan to see us at the front. That's awesome. All right, well, so what about the long term? What are your goals in racing? Uh, to get paid to drive a race car in, in, in the <laughs> sentence, I guess. Um, I don't know. You know, I... Whatever series, whether it be Formula One, IndyCar, Formula E, DTM, IMSA, World Endurance Championship, I mean, if, if I'm able to get to the level where I can make a comfortable, good living driving a race car, then that, that's what my goal is. Um, I, it's, it's sort of hard because there are a lot of different avenues for young drivers, and obviously having grown up uh, with IndyCar, sort of being as a, a second home with my dad working there and stuff, uh, I would love to race the 500 and be an IndyCar driver, but I also think it'd be pretty cool to be able to go over and race in Europe as well uh, and sort of see that that part of the world, you know, race at the, the world-renowned tracks like Silverstone or Spa or Monza, places like that. 
You know what? He said something last that yep. no young driver, you probably know where I'm going, no one young driver that we've talked to yet mentioned, that's Formula E. And not not that that's a negative or anything. It's just so, you know, there's massive changes this year going to, you know, one car instead of two and all the other things. But but Chandler, you know, you you mentioned Formula E there. What do you think about Formula E? Uh, so I, Obviously, I, I love internal combustion engines and the sound of motorsport, and I'm, I'm a pretty, I like vintage racing and, and things all like that, but at the same time, uh, I think Formula E is kind of cool and exciting because they go to these different cities around the world, and you can see these, you know, big name sort of car manufacturers, the factory teams coming in, there's a lot of big names and attention going towards Formula E, and as we head into the future, whether we like it or not, I think not necessarily electric cars itself, but more of a hybrid car. That sort of, yeah, <laughs> technology is going to become more and more a part of your life. So, obviously, I would love to have screaming V10s again. You know, that's a great sound, but at the same time, you kind of have to be realistic. And I, I think you could potentially make a career out of Formula E for at least some of it. So, I don't know. I, yeah, we, I just want to race, you know? Yeah, yeah, we joke around about it. But, it, you know, all honesty, that's where the technology is going. That's where the speed is. And uh, it is. It's starting to come around, starting to get a lot more uh, respect. I'll say that. If I'm coming around, I know it's getting more respect <laughs> elsewhere. So, but uh, it is. It's really cool. Like I said, I mean, we've, we've played in the Teslas and so many others on the street. So I know that's become realistic. What about your training away from the track? Uh, I'm guessing, you know, I know you ride bicycles quite a bit. You're also, uh, what are you doing for simulators? Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm really big into cycling with at Marion, uh, being on their team as well. Uh, so I I usually ride six to seven days a week, almost every week out of the year. And then when I'm at school, it's really nice because we have a really nice athletic facility, so I can go in there and train a couple days a week, work on you know the upper body and shoulders, you know the arms, the core, uh, get some neck training in as well. Um, as far as simulators go, uh, there's a place in Indianapolis uh, called Racecraft One, uh, and so they they've been there oh probably seven or eight years now. And and since they really started, uh, I've been going in there. Kelly Jones, the lead instructor, uh, is really great. And so anytime I need to come in and go learn a new track, I'll go in there. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll race each other, things like that. And I, I've also gone to the Delara simulator. Uh, at the Delara factory in Speedway right. as well. I, I did that before Mid-Ohio and uh, Coda to help learn those tracks. Huh, I've not heard of Racecraft 1. That's interesting. So you go there. Because, you know, when, when you asked that question, Les, I was immediately thinking, what do you have at the house? But Racecraft 1, they've probably got the best of the best of all the simulator equipment and hardware, software, whatever. I'm assuming that's the way it works. It's just it's probably the best of the best? Yeah, yeah. So they're... I don't know if you have you ever heard of Pit Fit Training in Indianapolis, uh, run by Jim Leo. Yeah, actually, I have. Yeah, so they're they're in the same building, and Kelly, I huh. think now has four or five simulators, and each of them has three monitors. And like you said, it, it's very up to date. Uh, and, and the other thing that's good there is Kelly is an instructor. He's a former F sixteen pilot, and so everything we do there has a process. And I think for me that that's good because it's. It's like anything else. If you just sort of hop on, run some laps, but there's really no method to the madness, you might not necessarily get anything out of it. And so that's why I enjoy going there. And, and you also have someone in the same room with you where you can race each other 
And then we also have the opportunity to debrief afterwards and stuff like that. So it's a really good environment to help young drivers progress. And do you do you have anything at home as well? Uh, when I was younger, I did. But now, because I live at Marion, it's kind of hard to have one in the dorm. Uh, and I'm not home very much. So I, I don't actually have uh, a simulator set up at home. Yeah, well, having the Racecraft 1 deal, I mean, obviously, that's the best... That's the you know much better than you could have at the house anyway. So. Okay, what's your plan B? You're at Marion, good plan, but uh, <laughs> but what are yeah. you doing there? What are you studying? Uh, right now, it's business management uh, with a minor in French and maybe like a concentration in marketing. Um, so I, I went to Marion to study business to help me understand how I could best sell myself to potential partners and businesses. Uh, as sort of more than just a race car driver, but also as a businessman. There you go. That's a smart there move. You go. And I could use his French this uh, May. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> he'll probably be preoccupied in Indy while I'm in Monaco. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chandler Horton, we thank you for coming on the show. But best of luck in your career, young guy. We like we're going to keep an eye on you, see how things go over in F4. And uh, but again, we appreciate you coming on, and best of luck in your studies too. Thank you, guys. Thanks All for right. having me. All right, you have bet. a good one. Talk to you soon. See ya. All right, we're going to go ahead and go to break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the Toyota Racing Series with Jonathan Green. Listen to Speed City. We are in Austin, Texas. Back after these messages. Talk 1370. This is Willie T. Ribs, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Willie T. Ribs, bring us back. all up a D. Yeah, I'm anxious for that movie to come out. I know. I wish we'd figure out what's going to happen with that. It'll come out pretty soon. That's going to be a cool movie to watch from, yeah. from uh, Willie it's T. It's the Willie T. Ribs story. So. Yep. Uh, I want to talk about a few things. Number one, I want to talk about m- my own toy that I picked up this weekend. Thank you for your help, Les. I, pick- I got a car lift, guys. Yeah. Got a car lift at the house. Is- I've had one before, but I got another one. And about time. I know, man. I- 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 I'll get it set up here in the next few weeks with your help and whoever else. Anybody else, just just email us if you want to come over and help. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's talk about a couple of local things. Uh, we got. Uh, let's do super lap battle, Les. Uh, super lap battle. Somebody after my own heart. I tell you, so super lap battle is going to put away all this BS talk about what your lap times are in your own car, what you could turn a lap at Coda as. Yeah. Bring it out. Go yeah. to super lap, and uh, you know, check out the Speed City pages. We're always sharing it there. This is a so totally cool event. That's coming up in February, and the whole idea is race prepped, you know, cars on Coda that you know you might be driving yours on the street. That's all right. Come out, take some hot laps on Coda, and they match you car for car against each other with the drivers. You're broken down into classes. It's not wheel to wheel competition, just so you realize. It's time. It's yeah. more rallies and yeah, as a time staged event, but. Uh, it's going to be fun. I've already uh, had some peeks behind the curtain of some of the cars that are coming, and it's awesome. it's going to. Uh, What's their website? There's a great LS RX8 coming. Oh, here it LS is. LS powered. 
Superlapbattleusa.com. That's it. Yeah, that's going to be good. That's All right. Well, good. we're, we're going to jump into this next segment because Jonathan Green and I sat down a few hours ago because he's on a plane now off to New Zealand. But we talked about the Toyota Racing Series and the way it's changing because – I say changing. It, it's it's always been a place for they're amazing. They're not going electric, are they? No, God, no, no, no. Uh, but they're the big thing is super license points. So let's jump right into this recording we did a few hours ago with Jonathan on Toyota Racing Series. This is really an amazing series, really special. And the big stories, of course, are FIA points this year, but. Talk about that, and then let's talk about what makes this series special. Yeah, um, the Toyota Racing Series, uh, it's its 15th year this year, um, and it, it honestly goes from strength to strength. We didn't have a big field last year, but it remains the um, sort of – it's a jewel in the crown of motorsport in many ways because it's the only time – this is the New Zealand summer, our winter. So this is a series that is happening when no other series are happening. So this is before the European series, before the American series, kicking to, to gear. But it gives these youngsters and I, a, a huge opportunity to get over 3,000 kilometers of race mileage under their um, helmets, as it were, uh, before they hit the main season. So they, they arrive effectively six months ahead of their opponents um, in the national series. Um, and, or and a, se- a season ahead. Uh, literally a season ahead. Um, and it's not just for anybody either uh, this is really intense it's five straight weeks three races each weekend so a full season of 15 races um really there's very little room for error or margin or wrecking a car because once you're behind you're onto the next race you know and you've got three in a weekend so you you know you, you smash the car into the wall you're, you're fighting against it for, for for a long time to come and the other thing is it's not uh, it, it's not for the faint-hearted these are the ferrari junior drivers the uh, force india junior drivers uh, mclaren uh, junior drivers lando norris um was a was a champion lance stroll was a champion daniel kvyat coming back into Formula One, was, was in the series. Brendan Hartley was the first winner uh, of the first ever race uh, in the Toyota Racing Series 15 years ago. So it's been the launching pad for many, many great Formula One. Yeah, with the Toyota Racing Series calling themselves the F1 factory, it's true because all those drivers. But, but talk about the young drivers that are what they're going through and some of the things they're learning as they go through the Toyota Racing Series. Well, like I said, it's, it's very much for the elite because you're doing, you're paying for a full season of racing in January, February, and then going into a full European, either FIA Formula 3 or possibly Formula Renault, or in the case of the Americans, um, you know, the road to Indy. Um, so, you know, this is, uh, that means that your 2019 is both expensive but intense. So these guys are serious. These are this is the elite. This is the guys that you're expecting to see in Formula One or Indy um, in the next, you know, five, ten years. So, and it's been the case. Um, but it's also now made uh, even more prestigious, if you will, by uh, also having FIA super license scoring points. So, therefore, if you're successful in the Toyota Racing Series, you can score points towards your super license. And that's very much the case for a lot of these guys. Their hopes are. Formula One. We've got junior drivers from Ferrari, from Force India. Um, you know that it, it tends to be that way. But there's also guys coming through from Australia, from Japan, uh, and and the United States. We've, we've got a first uh, first real contingent of three drivers 
from the United States this year. So um, it, I think it's it's year 15. It's well established. It's very prestigious. Prestigious. It's at a time in the year when there's no other racing, so it stands out. Um, but again, I think what I love about doing the series is that I know that buried within this group of, of drivers is the next Lance Stroll, is the next Lando Norris. Yeah, and that's pretty amazing to say, but it's easily backed up by the history. Uh, I want to step back to the super license points thing. I, I think that I know that the FIA revised and expanded the whole F1 super license system for last year, 2018. But this is one of the – there's not that many opportunities to get super license points uh, especially in the off season, but I mean, I'm looking at the list of of series that offer super license points from Formula Two to GP2 to IndyCar, GP3. But there's just not that many that a young driver could step in. This has got to be one of the best opportunities for them to do this. Yeah, no question. And also, I also think it's a make and a break for young drivers as well, because if they fail miserably in this ser- series, then then maybe they need to change their aspirations because this is the elite. This is the elite from all over the world um, and also from New Zealand as well. I mean, uh, Marcus Armstrong's coming back this year, the young um, New Zealander, but he's a Ferrari Academy driver, rookie of the year at Macau, has got a full season of FIA Formula 3 under his belt. This is the real deal. There's Mark um, Lucas Auer, who's also coming back to the series, having done it a few years ago. But he's a DT, he's a well-established DTM driver now. Um, so we're not, to- you know, some of these guys are not just wet behind the ears. These guys are well-established racing drivers. So the FIA uh, points system has definitely upped the game. Um, uh, you know, and I also think of someone like Cameron Das, who's coming back. He's the American, of course, who's been on the show before. But Cameron uh, is also coming back from Europe. Uh, um, and for another go at the Toyota Racing Series. So he's going to be one of the favorites. So, you know, some really good stories. We've got the most diverse field we've ever had with Russians, with Czechs, Brits, Australians. And for the first time ever, we've, we've got a, a Japanese driver, uh, a young, basically, protege of Toyotas. So that kind of rounds it all out. We've never had a, a real Japanese interest before now. Uh, and that really does change the game. So we've really got a multicultural, multinational uh, group this year. And I think it could, be, it could be one of the most interesting series for a long time. Yeah, I'm looking at this article about all these different drivers and all the ones that have made it through. Everything from, like we mentioned, Brendan Hart and Lance Stroll, Nicholas Latifi, who did yep. practice for Force India uh, last year, test for Ferrari test driver Daniel Kvyat, who's now going to be you know racing back at Toro Rosso. Yeah, yeah. we talked about Lando Norris, but uh, uh, Mark Aloff, uh Santino Ferrucci, Alfonso Sellas Jr. Yeah, uh, it's really uh, former Williams tester Alex Lynn. I mean, it's a really amazing uh group of young kids but i do like what you said about the americans this is the most americans in trs isn't it yes first time we've had three drivers from from the united states uh we've got cameron das We've got Parker Locke from good old San Antonio, Texas, and we've got Dev Gore um, to basically take on the rest of the world. So I'm really interested to see how they do. They're, 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 they're an inter- just those three alone have an interesting path and have different directions. Cameron Das, very much focused on Formula One, has been racing in Europe now for a while. Like I said, he's coming back. Uh, Dev Gore coming to the series for the first time, uh, probably looking towards uh, opening up 
although he's been racing in Europe, possibly looking to coming back. He's a little bit older than the others. Uh, and then um, Parker Locke, you know, who, who is probably the youngest of the three um, from San Antonio. And he's been coming through the F4 ranks here. Uh, and I think this will be a real test for him to see where he stands and stacks up. I, I really do think it's a good series to, to work out whether you're good enough to really put the big money in. Um, you know, all these guys will have spent a lot of money on the way up through karting uh, and through single-seaters. And now if they can shine in this environment, um, then it's worth it's worth actually being spotted and, and going for, for, for your indie uh, role or possibly even, you know, GP2, GP3, just as Santino Ferrucci did. All right, so what about the finale, the New Zealand Grand Prix? I think it's one of only two... Yes, Grand Prix that actually recognizes outside of Formula One. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's well. That's the other thing about this is that um, you've got five rounds uh, starting in Cromwell uh, on the south. We do both islands, so we go to the South Island and the North Island. So we literally uh, traverse um, New Zealand in that five-week period. Um, but this is a series. Toyota is only fifteen years in in, in its uh, current form. The Tasman series, which was effectively a s- same sort of thing. It was held uh, during the 50s um, and basically was the Tasman series for drivers in Australia and New Zealand. And then they would invite Formula One drivers like Graham Hill, like Sterling Moss, uh, who were, again, out of season, to come down and race against um New Zealand's and Australia's finest. And so the Tasman series has a huge history. So some of the trophies these these guys are winning uh, go back, literally, back to the 30s and with amazing names. So there's a rich, rich history. And to finish, uh, or to answer your question, it does culminate in the New Zealand Grand Prix um, at the home of Toyota, uh, at the uh, at the Chris Amon circuit. Chris Amon, of course, another famous Ferrari Formula One driver from New Zealand, but back in the day, as it were a Le Mans winner um, and so the New Zealand Grand Prix one of the most prestigious uh, races uh, and one of only two the Macau Grand Prix the other that allow, are allowed to use the Grand Prix name outside of Formula One so yeah I mean even if you just win one race in this series it's an accolade for your for your whole career for your resume yeah it's got to be cool for you doing this. What? How many years now? Uh, this is almost. I've been almost doing this ten years now. Um, and I, what I love about it is it's allowed me to meet young sixteen, seventeen-year-old drivers who really nobody knows, and then watch them grow into, you know, stars. Uh, I mean, like I said, Lando Norris is the perfect <laughs> example. He arrived. I mean, honestly, I, I remember I, you calling us yeah. and, and calling in going, hey, there's this young kid named yeah. Lando Norris. We've got to watch out for this guy. Well, and also, you know, remember, we're doing TV around them. So we're constantly around them doing interviews. That's part of the series, too, is, is the media is, is pretty intense. You know, I'm there at every practice, every session. And if they get out of the car and they've blown it or they've thrown it against the wall, they're going to find me standing there smiling with a microphone. <laughs> so that's, part, that's also part of it, which is, you know, they're going to have to get used to that media attention, which they probably haven't had in the lower ranks of karting and uh, and formula renault because there just isn't the tv whereas this is full-on hd 190 countries tv people in maranello are watching we're live streaming so people are watching it live around the world some big bosses are watching in so yeah it's it's it can be pretty intense at, at times um but like you say lando norris when he came down 
I mean, we struggled to get a decent interview out of him. And I laughed because he was doing GP2 commentary last year for Sky. And he was chatting away. And he's a really confident young man now. Um, but he wasn't two years ago back in the Toyota Racing Series when literally, um, you know, we could hardly get him a couple of words out of him when he got out of the car. But in the car, he's nev- there's never been any doubt about Lando Norris. We saw that talent. And that, again, is what's so great about this series. You see the talent rise and you, you, you spotted immediately in the practice sessions and the consistency and the ability to work with an engineer and to adjust to the weather, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, in this really cauldron like atmosphere. Uh, and the guy who wins generally speaking is going somewhere. Yeah. And, and these are essentially formula three cars. I mean, I know, yes. I mean, in fact, that is the category that the New Zealand Grand Prix is, right? It's formula three. Uh, it, well, it's the Toyota racing series. So it's not, it's not, it's not a, a, a traditional Formula 3. Correct, yeah. It's very similar. They're very similar cars. In fact, Formula 3 would be a little bit lighter and faster. Formula Renault, a little bit slower and smaller. So you're just in between. All right. Well, Jonathan, I know you're about to walk out the door and get on a plane to New Zealand. We're going to get reports from you every week yep. down there from New Zealand. And I uh, look forward to getting those reports and seeing how these Americans do and, and uh, looking for the next F1 driver. Yeah, look up the Toyota Racing Series. We'll be sending some uh, social media and some little clips of highlights, and it'll be on TV uh, around the world, quite literally. Um, so uh, keep a lookout for it. Uh, and yes, here at Speed City, we'll definitely certainly be covering the Americans, if not all the guys coming up. It's, uh, like I said, the most diverse field we've had, uh, and really, really looking forward to it. All right, buddy, we'll talk to you uh, next week. You'd whisper if you had to. All right, we're going to head straight to break, and we'll be back after these messages, and we'll talk a lot more racing when we get back. Speed City, live from Austin. Come on, baby. Talk 1370. <laughs> Hey, this is Clint Boyer, and you've been listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City. Clint Boyer, when he was here for F1. Yeah, there you go. To hang out with the Haas boys. That was cool. You think he has any interest in uh, anything else besides turning left? Um, I don't know why he would change i mean look he's like he's like every race driver when he finishes his career where he is he'll look around i'm sure uh, yeah there you go hey we had uh the commercial during the break for Celis brewery i want to talk about our car and bike meetup that we do every fourth wednesday of every month it's 23rd this month yeah so january 23rd at Celis brewery it is really really cool because the, hey, the okay, level it's not of, us that makes it cool just right, to be right. clear the level of cars and bikes that show up there, just, just as a quick example, the last one we had in December, we had one of the brand new 20, what is it, a 19 or 20, 2019 yeah. Ford GT roll-up. One of the very first Heritage Edition, and this one in particular was the Gulf Heritage, which is rare amongst rare. Yeah, and this guy started it up for us, hung out, let it, you know, and, and he was amazing. He, he and, was actually just returning from Houston uh, from some event he had there. Thanks, Frank, for uh, making your way over through the terrible weather between here and Houston. And then, uh, I don't know, the coolest scene. So to begin with, it was 
benefiting Travis County's Brown Santa, the toy collection yeah. group for for that. That's program. great. That's cool. Coolest thing was uh, Brown Santa arrives as the passenger in a Porsche 918, making <laughs> all kinds of racket and uh, having a great time. So there was so there was a 918. There was a Porsche Carrera GT. There was another. There was an 05 Ford GT. I mean, those four cars. That's like <laughs> some serious dollars. Uh, yeah. but amazing cars. Yeah, beautiful cars, and it's not just you know the the crazy ones like that. I mean. Ducati Austin brought out a whole fleet of the newest Ducatis out, yeah. and they were there. And then the collection of, I mean, they were just a collection of uh, people like you that brought your cool toys up and were hanging out. And I really like the mix that's happening. I heard from somebody that, uh, let's just say it's a, the car is a lot older than you are, John. Oh, coming this time? Coming this time. So, hey. No, that, that's old. Is it going to be able to? <laughs> no particular theme this month in, in January, but it is benefiting the Shoal Creek Conservatory. The, uh, you know, one of the oldest primary trail systems in Austin is around Shoal Creek, and it's taking care of those. So uh, very cool. It's going to benefit them. They'll have somebody there on site. But uh, bring up your cool toy. Check it out. Uh, Facebook event is under Speed City Broadcasting and Cellus and Shoal Creek Conservatory. Yeah, and, and don't hesitate to bring whatever you got and rain or shine because we go inside and there's always beer inside if we're... if we're The beer's if, always good. The beer's always good, that's right. <laughs> All right, so I think I want to talk about Michael Schumacher's 50th birthday this week and, you know, the, the whole motorsport internet was talking about it that. It is. And, I mean, you know, it's just a horrible, tragic story that this guy lived through the most dangerous, one of the most dangerous eras in racing, and then he, uh, and then he has this crazy snow skiing accident, and yeah. was it December of thirteen? So it's five years ago. And you know, I, you know, I got to say that uh, we received messages about, hey, what's the latest on Michael Schumacher? And you know, early on when this happened, uh, we were on the press distribution that asked, uh, we were asked from the family and the representative, please don't speculate, please. You know, we'll send you the official word. Don't let other outlets that stir up drama, you know, lead you astray. We'll, they'll share it. And so uh, please don't be disappointed in us for not sharing some of the other things you see posted. We're I mean, we don't know the way anything. we were asked. That's, that's and, right. We don't, we're not going to speculate. We don't know anything. But, but Jonathan Green, who's uh, traveling tonight, has got to interview Michael many times in his career. And I wanted to get... When we sat down earlier, I, I recorded a little sec separate segment because I wanted to get Jonathan's take on Michael because he did see Michael in uh, you know in on air, off air, and got to got to know him a little bit. So let's let's play this segment with uh, with Jonathan. I got to do an interview with him at the British Grand Prix one time, uh, and we, we we'd waited almost half a season to get the interview, and it was ironic that it was at the British Grand Prix, of course, where. I suppose he was the most <laughs> most unpopular because, you know, there was two German Grand Prix at that time and mm -hmm. he was on a wave of a high. Um, there was people like Damon Hill trying to beat him. Um, but Michael had this wonderful presence uh, and almost boyish fun about him if you could get him away from the, the madding crowd, as it were. Uh, he was a delightful uh, guy to, to talk to, to work with. And uh, like Senna, I keep saying he he had an intensity and passion for the sport. Um, he was a study of it. He 
absolutely loved every aspect of it. Like Rossi, he, he, you know, he would leave the track when he felt like leaving the track. He would go into debriefs for hours because he wanted to get the intricacies. He wanted to, he, he loved it. He loved the sport. He wasn't there to be a celebrity. He was there to race. Remember, this is a kid that grew up at a karting school. His father ran a karting school. <laughs> so this guy absolutely, like Lewis Hamilton, lived and breathed motor racing. And I think, um, you know, uh, the career that he had was quite brilliant. But what Michael did, which Alonso didn't, was pick his rides well, pick his team well, surround himself with Rossburn, R- Rory Byrne, and Ed Al, and get the perfect team together. And when they hit the purple spot with Ferrari, that they, they literally were unstoppable. We, you, you think you're bored of the Mercedes era? Well, I can tell you the Ferrari one was even more boring with Michael winning every race, followed by Barrichello, followed by Eddie Irvine, followed by you know many others within his in Miss, Miss Mercedes career. Um, so yeah, just a, a fantastic guy to watch, um, and it's just really interesting to see the legacy continue with Mick. Yeah, that's going to be really fascinating to watch Mick Schumacher because he. Yeah, everyone's going to take that call, uh, but he's he's obviously very talented because he's had some success. But but yeah, it, it's it, I I I with Michael. I just want to say that I you know I wish the family the best, and I think that I agree with Jonathan that they they're they may they're handling it the way they want to, and their privacy is their business, and I I think that's the way it should be. Agreed, agreed. Hey, one more uh, over the holidays while we're. Taking our break, Nikki Lauda returned to the hospital. Uh, if you don't recall, Nikki last year had a lung replacement and uh, was generally doing pretty well, but he came down with flu over the holidays and has returned to the hospital. Apparently, he's recovering well, uh, no real issues, but they are just being extremely cautious because, as you can imagine, his immune system is, uh, is pretty weak uh, as they battle that. Yeah, that's a tough deal. All right, well, we're down to about a minute left here. I want to talk about a few things. Um, One is for 2019. Speaking of 2019, we're going to continue our Formula One coverage where we do a live pre- and post-race show every single Formula One weekend. Isn't that enough reason to sign up for SiriusXM? (laughs) Yeah, and we are... Uh, and we're also going to be doing, we're going to watch for Speed City for 2019 because we're going to do a handful of new things as well. But also check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. And of course, SoundCloud, all our other social media, we update all those frequently. So thanks for tuning in tonight. We will talk to you next week. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.